Hello and welcome back to the show. We are here on the island for week number three of Survivor Season 40, Winners at War. It's a sad week for our podcast, as I'm sure you will hear. Fan favorite and honestly co-host favorite, I think he has threatened to leave me behind several times to abandon the podcast just so he can go hang out and follow Ethan around, even though he doesn't know him. He knows the key to a shark fight is to get the shark on land. It's Tyler B. Commons. I just... Tragedy struck this week, and I don't know (laughs) if I'm going to be able to make it through this episode. So if I disappear halfway through, I apologize to our fans. How do you feel, Ty? last night's show was a travesty. (laughs) Ethan goes home after returning to the show after many years. And I guess he was a shield for Rob in the end. It's so dumb. (laughs) Mm, There's so many reasons it's dumb, and I'm sure we'll get into and break them down in a minute. But can I just say, before Taylor and I were recording, we went to Ethan's Twitter And he posted a video at a watch party where everybody was in shock and horror as his name was being read. And that's the same place I was last night, as his name was being read. I was holding out hope that Jeff was going to do like a little switcheroo, but he didn't, and my heart is broken. It seemed like the switcheroo was the fact that Ethan's name popped up at all from the way the votes were structured. We'll talk about it all. I should probably say... I'm your host, Taylor P. Gaines. We're going to talk about everything that happened this week. The rise of the Youngs taking down one of the power trio in the old guard of Rob Parvati and Ethan. We'll talk about the immunity challenge. We'll talk about what happened over on the Red Tribe with Sarah and Tony especially. We'll talk a little bit about Edge of Extinction. And of course, we'll give our power rankings. But I guess the place to start, Ty, is Ethan goes home in the midst of a power struggle over on the struggling Blue Tribe, who have now lost three out of four challenges to start the season. A pretty clear dynamic there of Adam, Ben, and Denise versus Rob, Ethan, and Parvati. Uh, And at least that's how it was throughout a lot of the episode, and we'll talk about more of them in specific. But Jeremy and Michelle were in a position where they could decide where they wanted to go. Obviously, they decided to target the big group of three there. But their reasoning was that they wanted to weaken Rob. And I think we should start where everyone on Twitter and the internet has probably been starting their conversation today, which is, if you want to weaken Rob, why not vote out Rob, Ty? Yeah, it it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense. We talked about it in our first episode. Even Jeff has talked about it. Je- I saw Jeff did an interview, you know, an aftermath one, and he's like, "Rob and Parvati would be my number one and number two to go." Like it just, I don't understand why you weaken Rob 
when you can literally just cut the head off. Like, he's not protected by anything. Also, he's lost you two puzzle challenges in a row. Now, granted, this time he almost made a comeback, but it's not like, what is he doing out there that is beneficial to keep him around for any more of this season? Like, it just, it doesn't make sense. There's no point in weakening him. I I realize there's the argument you want bigger names out front so that your name is never called. But arguably, a lot of these people... Everybody is on that level. Like, it almost well, feels like so that's let me a, ask you, a do you rookie think, strategy being played. Yeah. Do you think they're all on that level, or do you view Rob as above all of them? I think I view Rob being above them because CBS has told me Rob is above them for so long. So that could be the other flip side of this argument, is as viewers, everybody's thinking, well, Rob, he's got this giant idol head made for him last season which clearly they found which is kind of awkward to talk about in tribal yeah did they just find it i didn't understand how everyone knew that was there uh maybe they saw it walking into tribal i'm not fully sure but i don't know if to the rest of the survivors rob is bigger than life or if that's just something cbs and narrative they've been pushing at us for so long because in our minds i think rob and sandra are leagues above everybody else and if that's not true stop pitching to us that that is true in a in a way you know because like everyone is screaming at their tv everyone's screaming at twitter like just get rid of him he made you open your bags at tribal like yeah and it's weird because in in theory that doesn't need to be true this is a season of all winners he didn't even win the first time he came on it's like He's got this reputation, I think because he plays Survivor so differently than everyone else. He's really a straight shooter and will come right at you whenever he hears anything about himself. And maybe that's where you get to this scenario. But like, if everyone wasn't talking so much about how much of a threat he is, I would potentially buy that they're all on equal footing. But everyone seems afraid of him. And... They're playing like they're afraid of him. Even when they're making a move on him, they're still not even voting him out. (laughs) So the other question then is, do you credit Rob for that? Or do you count that as a demerit to everyone else? I I want to say it's a demerit to everybody else because they're the ones walking and following blindly into the trap when it feels like everybody should know, especially being winners. But Rob has to get the credit here because Rob is running that tribe. He became alliance members with Parvati, who I, historically they don't want to play together. And like I, the way that he's working the system and he's working people, like we talk about this all the time. Survival, survival, survivor is by nature a social game. And somehow somebody who plays socially different than everybody else is sticking around and it it doesn't make sense to me there's no bait and switch it's like hey as you said i'm coming straight at you this is what i heard tell me is this true okay stop giving me that crap jeremy and michelle tell me exactly what's happening because i'm pretty sure i've heard it i it just it makes no sense i don't it's a mixed it's a mixed bag i think i think rob is doing way more than we get to see but i also think people are just underestimating him for some reason that I can't figure out. Well, this whole vote was kind of a mixed bag, and I I think 
this is where we should bring in the conversation about Adam because the episode opened with Rob toying with Adam in his sleep, picking at his hair with a feather or leaf or something and waking him up. And it ended up being a fitting metaphor for the rest of the episode because Adam just looked like a person who was way out of his league all of a sudden even though he employed a similar strategy to when he won his season millennials versus gen x of just kind of putting trust in people being honest at key moments and i guess just being a better player than everyone else in his season in a way that he does not have the luxury to do here and I don't know if the mistake was talking to Ethan or talking to Rob or all of it, but I couldn't help but cringe when he was like, I, I want to play with Rob. I want to be with him for a long time. And I feel like Rob is controlling Adam. The way he's controlling everybody. I don't know. I couldn't, I can't really understand Adam's play because it, it may have worked and I like the idea like if you separate the idea of telling somebody that they're not going to have it their way is better than a pure blindside you know they talked about jury management some seasons obviously it's not jury management yet but he's trying to manage his relationship with Rob while stabbing him in the back and I think that that's what he thought would work and it's it's interesting I, I don't I know that it's a wrong play in theory, but in practice, with these players, it doesn't work. Maybe with other Lesser. rookie players on a rookie well, season that don't win, it would work, and I think it did for him. But now that he's playing with, you know, Rob and Sandra and Jeremy and people that like are there because they deserve to be there, it's it's tougher than I think Adam ever really imagined it would be. And he also clearly misread the specific dynamics of the situation because I guess you could make an argument, even though I don't know whether it would work anyway, that if he had come to Rob saying, we're going to vote out Ethan, you know, maybe Rob wouldn't have been as angry or vindictive because Parvati is his number one. But at the same time, he just was like going 10 miles per hour too fast and getting a little too confident in this plan that he had cooked up. So, I don't know. We've been watching a narrative of Rob playing kind of vindictively, making people empty their bags, getting really angry when his wife got voted out of the other tribe. I don't know why you would see some of that and think that he won't get offended when you vote out Parvati, even if you tell him. Yeah, I think it's definitely a misguided sort of situation from Adam the way he's viewing it and I, I just don't I don't understand getting back to the original point if you want to hurt Rob get rid of Rob he's not safe I don't I don't know why we still I know I was like breakdown. wondering and, if he was in had some kind of invincibility cloak or something well and that's what's so weird we didn't so we didn't get to see the vote breakdown but I had to write down what you think it is where Rob Parvati and Ethan vote Adam right Adam votes Parvati right and then Denise Jeremy Ben and Michelle vote Ethan I still don't get th- so 
the way that it makes sense is Denise, Jeremy, Ben, and Michelle still want to injure Rob without getting rid of him for some reason, but they also hate that Adam played both sides of the situation, so they can't let him be the one that made the call for Parvati. Yeah. So let's get rid of Ethan. So out of yeah, all this of vote had this layers. discussion, it's like it, it ends up again, and we've talked about this before, and maybe I'm just taking it harder because I've wanted Ethan for so long. <laughs> the wrong person was voted out to no fault of their own, and I, I, I hate to see that happen. Now, obviously, everybody's a winner and everybody's dangerous for their own reasons, but it felt like this week even though we're having a great season, even though it's really fun, even though it's really entertaining, it it just felt wrong because Ethan <laughs> was not the one on the radar to get rid of. Yeah, I think you read it pretty closely to how I saw it, which is as soon as Rob told Jeremy and Michelle that Adam had come to him with the plan, they were like, what the hell, Adam? And maybe for a moment they thought about voting Adam out, but... It made even more sense to just leave him out completely the way that they did because they'll still have him potentially to vote with against the older people, but we're able to weaken his view of his own power in the process. So it was like this fascinating move where both Adam and Rob were sitting in tribal council sort of blindsided by it, even though they had opposite views of what they wanted to happen which was an interesting dynamic to add to this whole confusing sequence of events but yeah i think this tribe is kind of a mess and i don't know what's gonna happen i i've been impressed by michelle and jeremy sort of making an impact but staying under the radar and denise Recovering from the early day one mishap with Adam, finding an immunity idol, and obviously Rob just controlling everything. Parvati sort of adjusting her game a little bit, but like, I don't see where this tribe goes from here, and I don't know what you do if you're them, other than, you know, maybe win a challenge. Yeah, this tribe seems to be just complete chaos with the godfather, Rob. Sorry, Carl, but I I think the rob father as i saw printed all over line made it so that rob has your nickname rather than you this season at least (laughs) this tribe it it seems like they don't know where to go or what to do or who to vote for and i i hate to see it stinks when you have two tribes this is for this is true of any survivor season when you have one tribe that keeps losing and losing and losing because now in the merge i think less so this season hopefully but when the merge happens, then it's going to be like, okay, well, why don't we just stay to call strong and just finish yeah. voting off these Sally people? And then, you know, like no you fun. never want to see that. But yeah, this tribe is imploding. And I think that that's just a bad indication of times to come for them because it's not, I don't think Ethan hurt them in challenges, but like, I don't see them winning challenges. If they haven't won one, well, if they haven't, one outside of Jeremy making those three ring tosses three in a row. I don't see them winning a, a challenge coming up in the and near future. You could potentially argue they would have won this challenge if not for their overall slowness because they almost came back and won despite falling way, way behind in the physical part of the challenge. And 
Yeah, it's, I mean, it hasn't looked good. Uh, let me ask you on an individual level, do you think Adam can recover from the way this episode unfolded for him? I think the road for Adam is going to be really tough moving forward because he tried to get on the good side of both sides and now he's on the bad side of both sides. <laughs> but weirdly, that could also fly him under the radar. I was reading um, an interview with Jeff today and this is what Jeff had to say about it because I, I don't know where I fall on what Adam's trying to do, but this is what he said. Adam's really impressed me this season. He came out swinging for the fences, and anytime you do that, you risk making mistakes. Let me say it again, mistakes happen when you take big swings. To put it another way, if you want to lead a life where you've never <laughs> where you're never wrong about anything, then never take a chance and never have a point Damn. of view about anything. Jeez. This almost certainly ensures you will lead a perfect life. You'll never hit it out of the park, but you'll never strike out. A perfectly God. boring life. Survivor players do not lead boring lives. Survivor players do take chances, and they do have a point of view about most everything. Any Survivor player worth their buff has made mistakes. What a grand statement. Yeah, it was, it was pretty grandiose, and he definitely loves the show and loves the characters on it. But I think in some way, if Adam can make that twist that he, to somebody and it stick that, look, I'm out here trying to play the game, trying to win, respect that, then maybe he can find a foothold. But it seems like it was too much too early. Yeah, it's a tough balance in this game. Most of it always feels like you're just trying to make it to the merge so you can really start playing, but... In a season like this, people are going 100 miles per hour from the jump because you're just surrounded by so much talent. And it's made a very entertaining three episodes, and I've been pretty into all of it. But, uh, yeah, I guess it can lead to big mistakes. But I think we've said that on this podcast before. Like, big mistakes are way better than people playing it safe, which, uh, you know, from an entertainment perspective is a very casual way to look at it as opposed to what jeff was saying <laughs> yeah maybe maybe it was taken too deep but that's what you come to on the island podcast for is those like deep mm. cultural insights rather than just well they they did immunity challenge and blah blah yeah. blah one <laughs> and that's why adam klein's gonna win the 2020 democratic nomination <laughs> he has just as good a chance of anyone else it seems <laughs> I will say that I was pretty high on him after the first week or two just because he felt like one of those people who was kind of hanging under the radar while the big dogs made too much noise and ate each other up. But obviously this hurts him from that perspective. And we should mention Ben, the only other person on this tribe we haven't really talked about who similarly was trying to build up people to make a move. I think he was the only person that we heard specifically throw out Rob's name and credit to him but he still does not seem to have figured out this whole social game thing he even said during tribal council i've never done this alliance thing before so we'll see if he can adapt he he certainly is a good enough player that he made it to the end and won the game before but you know he's probably been the least impressive to me of the people in this season oh i think absolutely strategically he's not he's been the least impressive but you got to remember, he didn't have an alliance, and he won his season because everybody just respected that he had to win everything, and he had to find idols, and he had to play his tail off. So seeing seeing him try, I think 
in a weird way, he's endearing himself as, like, the little brother that gets to play with, you know, his older brother. You know, when, like, the little kid is around and, like, he's the youngest one in the group, but he's still out there playing? Like, that's what Ben feels like a lot more than anything else. Like, he's out there and he's trying and he's having fun and he's, like, trying to do this strategy thing, but he never really had experience. So he's just, he's out there playing the game and he's having fun and I'm enjoying it. Like, uh, like you said, I don't think he's playing well at this particular time but if he can seem non-threatening long enough who knows we could hey, see him reel off a bunch of individual and immunity awards again learn and adapt right maybe he can build a couple relationships make his way through uh shout out by the way to the i guess 45 minute sequence of them silently sitting at camp after the immunity challenge because just a mm, beautiful piece of tension and dramatic sequence uh there that i really enjoyed well that's so the, that's the perfect summation for why adam went home because adam's the one that's trying to make moves or well adam didn't go home adam's chances feel <laughs> like they've gone home ty what i know I you wish say, it but you can't wish it into reality i wish it, yeah i wish ethan was still out there well i think like yeah that's my point is i think adam's in trouble <laughs> because he's trying to make a move and play the game like he's playing with a bunch of rookies where this is like veterans the playoff started long before the merge as you said well so ty i have some good news for you which is ethan's not gone yet he's going to edge of extinction to live out the rest of his survivor days Hopefully many, many more days, as he's already beaten cancer twice in his life. But his survivor days will be spent with at least Natalie, Amber, and Danny over on Edge of Extinction. I will say, as a little bit of a spoiler, they showed a preview that alluded heavily to someone at Edge of Extinction getting injured or something... Did that concern you? What did you think was happening there? Dude, I swear, if Ethan's the one that goes home, I'm going to lose it. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Because then the one saving grace of having him on the season throughout, just thanks to Edge of Extinction, would also vanish. Yeah. I honestly backed up that moment like three times to try to figure out if it gave us a clue of who was actually hurt, and it was kind of hard to tell. Yeah, I couldn't fully tell. And. To keep playing off the interview I saw with Jeff, he's asked about it, and he's like, well, we wanted this season, Edge of Extinction, to matter, and next week we'll see why it does, or something like that. So who knows? They might have their own sort of challenge out there that exhausts somebody. But, yeah, he's got to stay out on Edge of Extinction with uh, Natalie, who is uh, having just a great, great time out there, it seems like. Oh, yeah. I'm loving the puzzles they're getting every week. As someone who did my first as someone who did an escape room for the first time like six months ago and has since gotten like obsessed with them i feel like survivor should just have part of the show become hiring escape room puzzle designers and just dropping puzzles out there because that was a good one you had to like really pay attention to the details count the numbers she was really smart like destroying the evidence of the other two and Figuring out the code for the lock. If, if you haven't done an escape room, most of the puzzles in an escape room are finding the codes to locks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. But good stuff there. And she is surely just ruling the fire token economy at this point, right? What does she have, like three? Yeah, I think she's up to three. Well, I thought the funny thing, you were talking about the escape room. 
I almost wonder if Amber ruined like a future puzzle knowing that there was a bunch of numbers on the crates by the, uh, yeah. the red <laughs> ship. Like I wonder if she was just like two steps ahead because if you get an escape room, sometimes you like open a drawer and you're like, uh, we're not supposed to be in this drawer yet, and clearly this means something, but I don't know what. So yeah, it, it's pretty yeah, it's funny. The, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, Natalie, again, you said she played it really well, and she got another advantage that she got to sell, and now she's got fire tokens. I did see a bunch of people saying, well, why didn't she just give it to Jeremy? If my math's correct, Jeremy's out of tokens. Or, no, because he should I think still he have the original have one. one, because yeah. Natalie gave it and then bought it back. So, okay, I am wrong. Good yeah, to know. I think he should have one left. I don't know. She wasn't dictated to give it to a specific tribe this time around, right? Maybe there's a rule that you can't give it to the same person twice in a row. I don't That's know. true. There could be a, a production issue. But I was, I was, at first I was curious. I was like, why not give it to Jeremy? And then in my head I was like, well, he doesn't have any left. But now knowing he has one left, I don't know what she's doing. You know, the other way to look at it, I guess, is she's really using that time out there to build bonds with as many people as possible. Just hoping that she'll eventually get back into the game. So maybe that's one way to read it. I guess that's a good transition into the Red Tribe, who we have not talked a lot about over either of the last two episodes because they just keep winning. But the time we spent with them this week was mostly with Sarah sneaking into the other camp and stealing, well, literally stealing a steal-a-vote advantage. And... I know you had a different take on this, but I enjoyed it. It was fun. I always, even though it seems like it's probably way easier than it is made out to be to sneak into such a camp because there are so many producers and camera people walk around all the time. Uh, I enjoyed it. It's always funny to just watch someone in such an awkward situation and get so close to being discovered. And I loved watching her try to camouflage and have it not really affect her face at all. Tony just continues to entertain, building ladders one week, camouflaging his castmates the next. Give me all of it, Ty. I will say, <laughs> the overall season is really entertaining, but as I was watching that, I was like, why Why did the producers force Tony and Sarah to do this? Like, I don't understand. No one... We've seen people infiltrate camps twice now, and no one's ever let anybody else know, and no one's ever... So, like, what... How, why is this different? Why does she feel like she has to camouflage herself at night in the middle of like islands with no lights? Is it was nonsense. I'm cynical and I'm bah humbug about this twist. Well, we'll see how she plays it if she gets to. She also led her team to victory in the puzzle despite knocking it onto the ground at the very end, nearly falling apart. Good job by Wendell too, coaching them through it. It seemed, at least it was edited to seem that way. Yeah, Wendell's had a had a quiet season. I can't wait. I mean, the entire Decal t- tribe has, except for maybe Yule and uh, Tony. But it's just it's tough to get a read on that tribe. And yeah, they made the the final puzzle a lot closer than it had to be when she knocked it out, and that was entertaining. But I, I just want to see that tribe have to go to tribal again and see because i don't really know what the alliances are because what we got to see in this episode yeah. is both tyson and you'll want to get out sandra but Yule doesn't really trust tyson so like i don't know where the lines are drawn i don't know what's crisscrossing i don't know who sandra's going to manipulate when she gets a chance again i just I, i'm really excited to learn well 
about that tribe. One piece of breaking news, if we can call it that, that we got from this episode was Sandra saying, this is it. No matter what, this is her last Survivor season. She says she's going to retire. So in the meantime, she's got to prove herself, catch some fish, stuff like that. How do you feel about the little bit of uh, Queen we got in this app? Um, I, uh, I feel like it's time. I totally agree. Uh, it's funny that she feels like she has to catch fish or be useful because she's going to sit out of every single um, challenge yeah. that she can. So it's it's really interesting to me to watch her constantly sit out of challenges but still think she's safe. And, you know, doing something around camp, good for her. I'm happy to see that she's not just manipulating and toying with people's brains and tearing them down. Um, and... I do like Sandra, but I agree. I believe it is time for her to hang up the buff and stop playing once the season is over. <laughs> yeah, I love watching her do her thing, but people seem to be on to her at this point. They all know her game, so we'll see how long she can remain a threat. Fun moment from Tony, too, with the shark. Uh, don't know what was happening there, but he picked it up and he ran with it, and it was something else. They caught a shark, and then they ate shark steaks, and it, it actually looked like a great time. It re- Actually, the funny thing was, when I was watching that moment where they were going to like eat the shark, all I could think about was a few seasons ago where um, they caught that goat, and then, you know, the show kind of claimed they didn't eat the goat, but <laughs> we have heard that they did, and I, that's all I was thinking. It was like... Did they actually eat the shark, or did they not eat the shark, or what's happening? It looked like they ate the shark. It it definitely looked like it, and I think they did. Well, before we get into our power rankings for the week, I guess I'll just say that, again, like, great episode of Survivor. The show has been spectacularly entertaining and dramatic this season, down to the editing and the music choices, too. Like, there's such bizarre music choices sometimes, but, like, so much more pretentious in a way that i've been enjoying and like even down to the moment where adam was in a confessional and he was like you know uh we're gonna take out poverty or blah 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 but we can't tell rob and then i can't remember what he said but he was basically like or can we and then it cut to rob talking and you couldn't see who he was talking to and then it slowly showed that adam was the one talking to him it was like Stuff like that, that they've really stepped up this season in a way that has just made the show extremely entertaining. And as I've said before, just inherently being able to trust that everyone you're watching is pretty good really does a lot. Yeah, for sure. This this season's definitely been the most entertaining recently. Definitely. And usually these first few episodes are never this entertaining, right? Usually it takes a while to get going. Well, yeah, and I, I think that's what's great is you have someone like Adam who is trying to learn the game in a new way. You have someone like Ben who's trying to learn the game in a new way. Like Rob, we know what Rob's going to do. Sandra, we know what Sandra's going to do. Jeremy, we have a feeling what Jeremy's going to do. All these people kind of tried and true, but then you have the winners that obviously they deserve to be there because they won, but they aren't the big names like Adam and Ben and seeing them be the people running around too quickly or trying to learn or trying to do it has made it really entertaining. And I think they have the confidence of winners. So they're willing to take risks that others don't. So like you're saying, 
really good editing, really fun. Um, seeing these people play together is a lot better than I thought it would be in certain ways. So who has stood out to you the most, especially in week number three? Who is leading the way in your power rankings? Do you want me to lead with number one? No. Okay. I just meant which three people are leading the way. Spoiler alert. The three people leading the way. Well, as we learned a few seasons ago, Edge of Extinction... (laughs) What if you were just like, number one? (laughs) Edge of Extinction means absolutely nothing. So for me, number three is Natalie. Because she's she found the advantage. She had a really good edit of solving the puzzle, and she's got tons of fire tokens. And I don't remember when you can just buy your way back in or whatever, if that's even an option. Um, Where it's hinted that next week something's actually going to happen there, like a challenge or some some event is going to take place. And I think that she's played really well out there. So I don't know how it is to have someone who's already been voted out in your power rankings but well there, there you go natalie here's the trick top three here's the trick ty this is what you're saying without really saying it is the reason it's easy to put here in your power rankings is she is in literally no danger of being voted out she's safe she Jeez. can just do whatever <laughs> she's safe for an indeterminate amount of time and can come back at any time and run the table. So I hey, I think that she's doing well. I hate to say it, but it's been done before. <laughs> it has been done before. <laughs> well, my number three, this is sort of my, like, I'm going to leave Alabama at number one pick, even though they lost to Utah State or whatever, is Rob. Like, the fact that he continues to cause this much havoc and is not even being targeted, even though everyone views him as such a huge threat, is insane to me. And just when I think of the word power in the phrase power rankings, this is what I think of, is someone just being in this much control of what's happening, even when they're not in control. (laughs) So I couldn't in good faith put him higher than three, but he's number three for me. That's interesting, because for me, my number two is is the giant Rob statue that apparently everybody found because it's there and it's in, like, it didn't make anybody nervous. I'm kidding. There's no way I put the statue at number two. Number two for me, I have Sarah. And I think Sarah is on a tribe that doesn't seem like it's in trouble and she just got an advantage and she's someone we got to see. And I, I think even on that tribe, she doesn't seem... From the little bit we've got to see, like, someone that's going to be targeted once their tribe does have to go to tribal. So for that reason, she got an advantage. She had a decent week. Uh, she won a challenge. I'm, I'm going to put her at number two. Yeah, that's what's crazy about this season is we have remarkable players who have won before who are just really quietly sneaking under the radar, like her, Wendell. I mean, I just remembered sitting here just now that Nick is on this season. Yeah, I don't think we saw him in all this this episode. So, yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot that can happen, and I'm just I'm thrilled by it. My number two, I decided to stay on that losing tribe, despite my best judgment, and give it to Michelle. Here's why. Ty. Yeah? As you know, I have been one of those people 
that has been incredibly critical of the fact that Michelle won her season. <laughs> yep. And she made reference in this episode to the fact that people didn't think she deserved her win, but she's out here to prove them wrong. And she's definitely proving very quickly that she just she belongs. She belongs with this group. Her social game is good. Watching her try to lie to Rob's face was actually kind of impressive. <laughs> uh, she held in there, was friendly, and has made a really key alliance with Jeremy, who she hadn't even played with before, to help establish her place in the game. And we've talked endlessly over the years on this podcast about how important it is to be that middle spot where you get to decide what's happening. And she snuck her way right in there. She's still under the radar. I'm sure no one really views her as a threat, even though she basically de- determined along with Jeremy who went home. And uh, hats off to her. Yeah, Michelle is playing a much better game than I expected, especially from the circumstance of her win, um, which we will not recount yet again. <laughs> but she did not make my top three. And I think you know who my number one's going to be because I. Well, before you say has, this. Yeah. Like, this is what's really impressive. We're talking about people who are under the radar, blah, blah, blah. I think you and I might have completely different top threes. And in each week so far, we've had at least one or two different people in our top threes. Like, this season is just loaded, so. Yeah, this season is definitely storytelling in a way that leaves it open-ended with oh god you're gonna put ethan number one aren't you i wish i could put ethan number one (laughs) i can't do it in good faith i think i would lose all podcasting credibility if i put ethan number one but for me number one i I just have to do it until he finally goes to the edge rob i don't i don't understand i know that he was on the losing side of this vote and i know that he wasn't in control but they had a perfect opportunity to get rid of him and they still chose to get rid of someone else. Even like if you want to spite Adam, just get rid of Rob in the first place, then leave Ethan in poverty. Like it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. I don't know why people (laughs) can't comprehend to just get rid of Rob. Like he's good. He's great at the game and he's talking to you and he's making you empty your bags. And I, it's so mind-numbing how he's willing to or not willing how he's able to skate by when he's the biggest threat and you have three opportunities to get rid of him and don't take advantage of any of them so for that i've realized he's on the wrong side of the vote but for some reason he's he's safe he's safe and it makes no sense r.i.p ethan i know you just miss ethan (laughs) oh ty yeah, I mean, I had a number three, so I won't argue with you too hard. I put at my number one, someone from the Red Tribe, unlike my other two, I put Yule. And I'm sort of playing on the pass a little bit in that the one time the Red Tribe did go to Tribal Council, he helped plant these seeds inception style of the Poker Alliance and helped dictate what happened. And clearly it's still like affecting things because Tyson is one of the main targets for the people there but I just love his awareness there was a brief bit in this episode where we got to see him talk to Sandra a little bit but he knows Sandra's game and he knows you can't really trust her and he's 
kind of like playing a much more subtle version of Sandra's game to me where he's causing division without drawing any attention to himself whatsoever and just watching him talk and the way his brain works is very appealing to me so he's my number one I think that's a totally valid and safe pick I just I haven't seen enough of Decal. I didn't see enough of him this week but I agree that he has looked good in the past few weeks so there you have it Ty had Rob number one, Sarah number two, Natalie number three over on Edge of Extinction. <laughs> so dumb. And I had Yule number one, Michelle number two, Rob number three for week number three of Survivor season 40. Ty, if you come after me, I better not find out about it. That's okay. I'll just put ashes on your face and spit on Oh, easy I now. try to take you out. <laughs> it's a week of Ash Wednesday. We got to be careful. I know that I was reading an article today and it was pretty funny. It's like some really intense Ash Wednesday service. They started trying to cover Sarah. And I thought that was really funny. Oh man. So we'll be back for week number four as things continue to ramp up here on season 40. Any last thoughts, Ty? Ethan shouldn't be gone. I figured that would be it. <laughs> That's it. That's last Hopefully one. we'll get to see much more of him on edge of extinction. As the season goes on, we will find out in the meantime, Go rate and review on the Island Podcast on Apple Podcasts. Listen to us on Spotify. Tell your friends. Share it with Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat. Call up the Vine guys. Make them reinstall Vine on your phone (laughs) so that you can share it on Vine. Maybe get a little bit of uh, HQ trivia. Maybe get that back in business too. LinkedIn. (laughs) LinkedIn. (laughs) I think MySpace still exists. Tumblr. What else we got? Pinterest. Pinterest. There's so many options. All you have to do is one of them. It's that easy. So thank you for listening. For now, we go to sleep. (laughs) Maybe I'm just speaking for myself. He is Tyler B. Commons. I am Taylor P. Gaines. Thank you for listening. We will talk to you real soon. Bye-bye. I'm not good at making these things up as well. <laughs> that is uh...